Yes. Uh, all right. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch you tomorrow. Hello and welcome to The Hill here on News Nation on what could end up being one of the most consequential days in politics this year. At this very hour, we are expecting the House of Representatives to vote on whether or not there should be a formal impeachment process put into place against President Biden. And speaking of the Hill and Biden, did you see this? Hunter Biden today on the steps of the Capitol defending his father and deciding to defy a subpoena. Well, now House Republicans are vowing legal consequences. And with all of that, all that, still just 33 days until the Iowa caucuses, don't you know? What Chris Steyerwald found when he sat down with voters in the Hawkeye State. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. Once again, I'm Blake Berman, joined by the aforementioned Chris Steyerwald, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. May Melman is the former Trump White House attorney. Julia Manchester, national political reporter for The Hill. And Amisha Cross, former Obama campaign official. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Hello, welcome to The Hill. Come on in right here off the top. Would you take a look at this? For the first time ever, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit an all-time high, over 37,000. That's the closing number today. A big moment for investors, and if you have one, your 401k or pension plans. It's the kind of moment that a president would celebrate. Donald Trump, for example, did so just a few years ago when the Dow hit 30,000. It was almost three years ago to the day, by the way. But this is the soundbite that is attached right now to a Biden. In the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business. That, of course, Hunter Biden on the steps of the United States Capitol earlier this morning, defending his father and defying a congressional subpoena. And right now, this is a live look at Capitol Hill, where in moments, potentially this hour, House Republicans will vote to formally authorize an impeachment inquiry against Hunter Biden's father, the president of the United States. That's all that's going on, guys. Hello. Just another slow Wednesday. Another slow here. Wednesday here, the end of the year, December, middle of the week. What's going on, Chris? Summarize it for us. I mean, this is, this is a pretty big moment. This would move the ball forward on a potential impeachment of the president of the United States. Well, I think what you have is Hunter Biden uh, has not tired of causing pain to his father, apparently. Um, Hunter Biden is the last person that should be out uh, speaking publicly about his dad. He is, la- he is no help to Democrats. And the decision to look, if Hunter Biden wanted to stay away and be held in contempt of Congress, you can do that. Maybe that's what his lawyer thought. Maybe that's the best thing. Making a spectacle of yourself and doing it in that way is an unloving act. Uh, I, I, I just we've talked an about an unloving it act toward his father. It's it's. We've talked about it here before. Joe Biden loves his son, uh, and he wants his son to be better and, and get better, and, and he obviously has a, a, a broken heart for his son. The idea that his son would hijack the national political discussion, 
that would thrust himself into this conversation, that he would dive in, take the bait that the Republicans were putting out for him, and roll around in this in this way is bad for his dad. It's bad for him. And it, by the way, if Hunter Biden believes that Donald Trump is a real danger to the future of the United States, Hunter Biden's self-seeking uh, look at me energy is so bad for his dad and then therefore by his own reasoning bad for the country. I mean, you should jump in because you were giving I, I, me some looks I, there. <laughs> I, I vehemently disagree with you. Um, as someone who's done crisis comms for not only private citizens, but also the elected officials at, at various levels of government, I feel like what we're seeing here is um, a Hunter Biden who has been beat down by Republicans. Where is Hunter? Where is Hunter? Where is Hunter? In an attempt to try to connect some of the misgivings that Hunter Biden may have done to his father, of which he came out full-throatedly and completely made clear that his father was not in any way um, involved in any of his business dealings from his time as a lawyer at firms to his barisma to him painting art. None of this had any connection to Joe Biden. He also spoke as the... You're willing as, to take him at his son. word? Absolutely. And he also spoke May, because there's, take him there's, there's no evidence to showcase otherwise, well, so it if, doesn't really matter. If I did take him at his word, wouldn't I just want him to say so in a deposition to Congress? I mean, that, that's the point. If, if all, well, if they, what but they also what he want. said on the Capitol steps was not that he had nothing to do with it. He said that Joe Biden was not financially involved, which Jim Jordan latched onto and then spoke about that on the floor. He well, said at no Joe time Biden was my father involved in my business. That is a direct quote. He also attacked so, the Republicans for exactly so, what they're doing, going after him based on his own misgivings, which he is personally admitting, admitting to having made some bad decisions. But this is also a man who we know has been in the throes of crack I, addiction, and he's been in the throes of crack I addiction need to for get decades. To, I want to get to, to Congressman Pete Sessions in a second, but, but Julia... So that's one component, Hunter Biden. The other component is Republicans right now yeah. are going to are going to move the ball forward potentially, I don't know, in the next 30 minutes or so, give or take. Yeah, they're going to move the ball forward. But it's interesting watching Republicans right now because there is a question of whether this is a fishing expedition, if they're going to get anything with this. But I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, some conservative sources of mine, some Republican sources express some, you know, uh, Worries and anxiety with Republicans moving forward on this at a time when they could be hitting Biden on other issues going into 2024, like the economy. Yeah. But, you know, leaving out the fact that it's been a good day. for All them. right. So uh, joining us now is the Texas Republican Congressman Pete Sessions. He, of course, is a member of the Oversight Committee, one of the panels conducting the impeachment inquiry, or at least it could be official uh, here later this hour. Congressman, thanks for being back here to the Hill on News Nation. What about what Julia uh, national political reporter for The Hill just said, I mean, you see the same polling we do. Voters care about the economy. They care about the southern border. They care about crime. They care about inflation. So, so why go forward with this against President Biden? It's not at the top of the list. It's important to note that everything you say might have some truth to it and maybe even wisdom. But the bottom line is, is that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which has the official jurisdiction over going and doing an investigation this, we've been told the administration, until we pass this resolution, they will not engage the Department of Justice. We've had our oversight committee, we've had, and James Comer has done an awesome job as our chairman. We've had Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, done an awesome job. But we have done this all ourselves. whereas previously all the administrations participated with the Department of Justice, with the FBI, 
doing the investigation. We've done this all ourselves, and until we satisfy them that this is an official investigation passed by Congress, they will not be participatory. That is the hurdle that this administration established. The Department of Justice established that. This is not a fishing expedition. This is real live business of public corruption. And, and Hunter Biden can appear as he did today and say his father's not involved. You notice he didn't say, I'm innocent. He said, my dad's not involved. So we I'll will then, get, as I'll soon get to- as we finish this, have the Department of Justice go and ask people who are surrounding this whether they agree with a person who's addicted to drugs. I've got just a couple questions for you, uh, Congressman. And since you brought up Hunter Biden, let me, I'll, I'll start here. Um, he said he wanted to testify publicly. That's if, if I had told you, you know, I don't know, a year ago, give or take, that Hunter Biden would, would be up for public testimony, I, I would think that that would be something that Republicans would have, would have taken. Um, so why not let him just go up before the cameras, before the world? Well, we, we chose to not impugn him to where he could claim that he had to publicly uh, do what he did and thus immunity would be given to him. So this is a matter of, of not just tactics, but a matter of law, because the Department of Justice could later say, we forced him to testify against himself. We've not forced him to testify against himself. We did want to ask him certain questions, but th- this is a, a simple matter of being smart as opposed to uh, somebody so, saying that they can't figure this out. We so, figured that out. We've got to be careful. Just to separate for our audience, Congressman, you know this, but to separate, there's the uh, testimony from Hunter Biden that did not happen. And then there's the vote that is going to happen uh, later this hour about, uh, you know, formally authorizing the impeachment inquiry. Your your colleague, Congressman uh, Troy Nels from your home state of Texas, said this when he was leaving the Capitol earlier today. I want you to take a listen. I'll get your reaction on the other side. Representatives, what are you hoping to gain from an impeachment inquiry? All I can say is Donald J. Trump 2024, baby. All I can say is Donald J. Trump 2024, baby. Did he say the quiet part out loud, what this is really about? Well, let's go back on this. We have been part of an investigation where we have asked questions, but we received hundreds of pieces of information. We've had hearings where we had uh, the uh, Treasury Department, where we had the IRS. We have seen that the Department of Justice has given Hunter Biden, and then it changed where they had him not indicted publicly, not held in, 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 in contempt, but rather to go for a plea bargain where he got uh, a, a, he was not even sentenced. He was given probation. We have been a part of watching this for a long time, but that is because it was our investigators, our members of Congress doing this. This will now trigger what is an official investigation by the Department of Justice. And that is where the facts of the of the case will go. We'll leave it there. I know you got to run to the House floor uh, because it's about to about to start there. Uh, Congressman Pete Sessions, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you.
All right, um, Chris, so you started off by talking about Hunter Biden. Again, there's two things here. One, the Hunter Biden basically saying, I'm not testifying behind closed doors. And then what we're about to witness here, the impeachment inquiry vote. I got your take on Hunter. What about what House Republicans this hour are about to do? What, did uh, Congressman Sessions sound particularly convincing? Did he, <laughs> did he sound like he was enthusiastic about the impeachment inquiry that was undertaking? We have to do this so the DOJ will do it. Uh, look, this is uh, the, the Trey Nels who said Trump 2024, baby, that guy. Mm-hmm. This has every bit. It is every bit, if not more likely to help Joe Biden than it is to hurt him. When you argue process in Washington, which is what they're arguing, it doesn't that normally mean you're losing the argument? Not only, not only is it the process, but look at what happened for Bill Clinton. Look what happened with Donald Trump, with mm-hmm. impeachment. Look what goes on. When you have the, the minority party using one half of one branch of the government and we're throwing everything at the wall and we're going to have these hearings and we're going to do all that stuff, that was your question for Sessions. Hey, there's all this other stuff going right. on. Why are you but doing Julia this? Brought up. And, and by the way, he said that James Comer has been doing a, a terrific job or a fantastic job. If you had something that was really good, right, if you believe that you had something and you, it wasn't just a car payment, right, you, you, can't, you can't have one car payment. And they have disappointed and fizzled so many times that I just have to look at these Republicans. And here's what I figure, and I'll stop talking right after this, I promise, is that these guys need this vote to suck up to primary voters at home. They got to say, I voted, I voted to impeach Joe Biden. I, you won't catch me. So maybe the good news here is this might get the logjam on other stuff broken in Washington. Because hmm. if they vote for this, they'll get a little cut. All right, Jesse Weber, come on in. May, I want you to join too, because obviously your, your legal expertise. Uh, Jesse Weber, News Nation legal contributor, explain, put it in English uh, for me, <laughs> what House Republicans are essentially trying to do. This, this, this yeah. all involves with subpoena power, right? Right. So remember, they're making the argument, well, constitutionally, we don't have the full authority to force the Biden administration to turn over documents or force certain people to testify, like the White House counsel. If we can get a full House vote to vote in favor of an impeachment inquiry like we saw back in the day with Donald Trump, that will give us more authority. That will give us more standing in the courts if there is a challenge about the subpoena. Now, let me just say real quickly, I understand why they're doing this, right? I get it. But Congressman Sessions just said it and Chris just nailed it on the head. They looked at all this evidence. They have all of the bank records. And at this point, there is nothing that even seemingly looks like an impeachable offense. So as much as he says that it is not a fishing expedition, That is exactly what it looks like. And when you're talking about something that is so important as an impeachment inquiry, you need a little bit more. All right. And the former Trump White House attorney would say. (laughs) There is a little bit more. I mean, the the standard has been set by impeaching Donald Trump over his like roaming, bizarre phone call with Zelensky. So that's that's the basis. That's where we're at. And so here we have a Burisma scandal where Hunter Biden is getting paid a million dollars a year from Burisma to do, to smoke crack? No, to like do something, to have influence. Burisma says, I need to get the Ukrainian government off my back. And within days, within days. Jesse's sighing. <laughs> Joe sorry. Biden why, tells why you, the Ukrainian government, you need to stop man. that investigation. Otherwise, the United States will not give you money. I got to run, Jesse, but why are you sighing? It's sign? not Hunter Biden, it's Joe Biden. Okay, let's just be clear <laughs> about what this impeachment inquiry is about, okay? Sorry, I wish I had more time back. No, no, it's, that's, it's that's Hunter and Joe together. Jesse, no, hang around because we're, we're um, you know, that this vote could come this hour. So I'm sure we're going to yeah. come back to you. Got to leave it there for now. For now, Jesse. Thank you. All right. Uh, coming up, by the way, we continue to keep our eye on the halls of Congress. 
as Republicans could potentially take the next step against the uh, current president, as we're talking about. And did you know that they are also voting on what kind of milk that your children could be allowed to drink in school? Seriously, what milk should be allowed on those trays? Congress is going to be voting on it right now. We're keeping our eyes on it. Plus, Chris Steyerwalt in Iowa. Oh, so good. It is so good. So good. When the Hill returns. There was a sweet older woman who has come to a lot of events. And I saw her coming in here. And she said, so are you going to finally endorse Nikki Haley for president? You bet your ass I am. Let's get this thing done. We are all in on Nikki Haley. All right. That was the New Hampshire governor, Chris Sununu, last night endorsing Nikki Haley for president. Uh, A potential boost for the former South Carolina governor's campaign. Uh, We're going to get into that in a second. Can you show that live shot real quick uh, on the House floor? Let's put it back up. There's a reason why I want to talk about it for a second. Remember going into the break, we were talking about uh, how Congress is voting on what kind of milk should be allowed at, at schools all across this country, public schools. That's the vote that's going on right now. Seriously, 2% milk, uh, should that be in schools? The vote's happening. We're keeping our eye, eye on it. We'll explain what this is all about and what the result is. And of course, there's the impeachment inquiry vote uh, for President Biden. That's coming up Right after this, our eyes remain on the halls of the Capitol. But before then, uh, that moment with Chris Sununu, important because it talks about the uh, 2024 race. And speaking of, Chris Steyerwalt, uh here to break down as you went back to Iowa uh, this week. That's true. This uh, week? Or, yes, it's a blur. It's a blur. This uh, week. Time is a flat circle you've been, since Tuscaloosa. You've been yes. speaking to uh, your focus group there about what's been going on in Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. I- explain. Well, we found a, a, a lovely group of willing folks who we went and talked to this fall uh, and, and got a baseline. And then we came back uh, to talk to them about how things have changed in the past couple of months for them for in, the, in the caucus. And, and you know, the, the best part about this is you can spend a lot of time with the data. You can look into these numbers a lot. You can do whatever. But there's real value in talking to human beings. And there's a particular value in, in these generous folks who are letting us see how their thinking evolves over time, which really helps me do what I do. Your segment, Pulse of the People. Let's watch it. Everybody here is still likely to caucus. Yes? Everybody? We're all likely to caucus. Okay. Kevin, where, who are you going to caucus for? Donald J. Trump. Okay, you're there. All right. Ronald. Trump. But maybe Vivek. Okay, you got a little side door. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, Nola. Trump. Brent. I've narrowed it down to Trump or DeSantis. Still trying to to get there. Kyle? I'm leaning towards Haley, but DeSantis is still definitely up there. Shirley? Uh, You know, it's Haley, DeSantis, and if painted into a corner, Trump. So you you might? If painted into... If painted, okay. Give it a very small can of paint. So you guys are pretty representative of where Iowa is right now. I, you all have seen the Des Moines Register poll uh, with this massive lead for Donald Trump. Um, and un, unlike anything, this is my fifth cycle uh, coming to Iowa, and I've never seen anything like it in either party. Give me a little insight here about why these caucuses are shaping up the way that they are. Go ahead. 
Trump's had quite a presence in Iowa this election cycle. They know about Trump. They know what they're going to get with Trump. Iowans, at least the ones I know, Republicans, are stubborn. And they support their man. And, yeah, they want to see, they want to go through the process. They're fair and want to go through the process just in case, you know, Trump doesn't get through all these legal things. But for the most part, uh, uh, I, the, guy, the people that I know are not emotional about Trump. Polls show, the same polls that say Donald Trump's dominating in Iowa and roaring to the front of the Republican nominating contest, the same polls show that Nikki Haley runs a lot better against the incumbent. What do you say to that? I think that if Haley gets in, I think the Trump people will... I think those, a lot of them will stay home because stay. I think they feel like there's no reason to even be out there because she's not going to change anything. So, so you, you feel like those polls would not materialize no. No. because the MAGA base would not come out for Haley the way that they would for Correct. Trump. Would Trump be the best choice for Republicans? I want to support somebody I believe in, and I used to believe in Trump very heavily. I was one of his, When I was growing up, I loved him so much, but I, I have come to realize that he's not... I don't think he looks out for everyone's best interest. Would you support? Would you vote for him in a general election? Um, most likely, I'm, I, I'm wanting to vote for the Republican nominee. So, I, I Joe Biden needs to be defeated. Paige, let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Let's see our first. Let's see our first clip. And this is the problem with my three colleagues. They're afraid to offend. And see, let me wanna, tell you I something. Wanna, if you're afraid, on, if you're afraid to offend Donald Trump. And what are you going to do when you sit across from President Xi, you sit across from the Ayatollah, you sit across from Putin? You have to be willing to offend with the truth. Okay. Whether you agree with Chris Christie or not, is it fair to say that Ron DeSantis is kind of a suck up, right? Like he wants to say bad things about Trump kind of out of the corner of his mouth. But when he's under pressure, he won't he won't take it to the hoop. Is that a fair criticism? I think that's a fair criticism. Yes, I've I've never seen him actually say anything outright on the debate stage, especially negative about Trump. He kind of nibbles around it, he, right? Yeah, he dances around it like a lot of politicians do. So do you, do you hold that against him or is that do you understand why he does what he does? It's not enough for me to move on to Nikki Haley over Ron DeSantis. Okay. Put it that way. He's a good sheriff, uh, sheriff. Okay. You know, think about it. Local areas, yep. the state. Oh, he's excellent. Yes. And he attacks when he needs to. It's just part of his makeup and his personality. I think one thing where DeSantis really, shot, really shown to me, and that was when uh, it's a policy issue on the... Um, basically the transgender issue and it was that's what we want to hear we want to hear the issues here and so Christy was basically saying it's parental choice that's what it was a distinct difference and DeSantis a slam back and says no you're not going to mutilate our children that's what we as people that are going to caucus really want to hear is that's where Christy was and that was where he was and He's shown there. So we've got the DeSantis 2028. Uh, we got the DeSantis 2028 caucus coming together over here. I, I see this. Okay. I think DeSantis and Trump are on policy are much closer than any of the other candidates. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one reason why he's careful before he goes because he really is. He's a 
Yeah. He's the MAGA alternative. Yes. He's yeah. the closest thing to MAGA of anyone on the stage, and I don't think he wants to offend that base. Okay. so the, That's what that's I think. Right. So, he is, right. so in your mind, he is pulling his punches because yes. he doesn't want to upset those people. That's what I think. That's his core constituency. And he didn't care about offending any of Haley's, you know, people. What's going on with Nikki Haley? <laughs> she's, it, she's losing some of that likability factor when she, when she is such a bulldog for a person who is 20 points 25 points out of contention uh was she playing it too safe no she was she got hit okay and when you get hit uh sometime the plan that you come it just shakes you up she should have responded she should have shook it off and just come back with more vigor and more spunk like i i said to her once and that was kind of disturbing to me. That's why I moved her from number two. When Vivek questioned her foreign policy experience, right. I hate that she sat there and didn't say it. Like, he's asking her, name three regions. And she knew them, because she sat him later. But she let him get that clip out there. And he made people believe that she did not know anything about Ukraine, when she did. Donors are coming in. Support's coming in. She's doing really well in New Hampshire. She's got all this stuff going on. How do you manage that? To me, I would just say, focus on what you know. And what you do know are on my three priorities. I do think you can fix the economy with inflation. I know you know international relations. And I know you can fix the border. You do that. Get on message and stay there. Stay there. Forget about all this other riffraff. Fascinating. Uh, Chris, overall takeaway would be? Uh, Haley hurt herself in that debate. Hmm. Uh, She hurt herself in the debate because she didn't fight hard enough uh, in when uh, we talked a lot about, and we'll hear more of this in later reports, but when Chris Christie white-knighted her, I don't know uh, if you guys saw in the debate, yeah. when he came in, you can't say that about Nikki Haley, that's that's mean, you can't say that. Everybody in that group, everybody felt like she should have said, whoa, like, I can handle my own business here. Hmm. I, 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 can, I can do this myself. Maybe not everybody, but there's strong sentiment that... She should she should have been more assertive for herself. And uh, so so she declined Trump stronger with those folks than he than he was even just a few months ago. And my takeaway about Iowa is they're not really into it this year. They're kind hmm. of like Trump treating him like an incumbent. I heard a lot of tr- I heard a lot of Trump there. What, what yeah. did you hear? Yeah. There's a lot of Trump, but the you know Des Moines Register poll says that although 51 percent of voters say Trump, that 70% of them are locked, which means 30% of them are not. And then you add that to DeSantis's roughly 20%. There's still room there. So you think there's a world that exists? I still think that there's a world that exists. But unfortunately, DeSantis was just very late in what his strategy was going to be. I could see it in the debate, hmm. which was run to the right of Trump and attack Trump for not doing the things that he said he was going to do. But he came to it very badly. All right, what'd you hear? Well, I think what's interesting is that that number um, for whether they're committed to Trump is flipped for DeSantis. So only 30% are committed to DeSantis. Another mm. 70% are, say, they're um, not committed and that they'd be open to changing their minds. And it's interesting to see that a lot of second-choice voters for Trump and DeSantis are each other. No, I think that that's very true. Um, Nikki Haley is a different type of candidate. 
And if anything, that debate showed why. I think that in the in the most recent debate, she was playing as though she had already won the primary because she was speaking to a more general audience than the Republican voters who will be voting in that caucus. Um, and, and that might have hurt her. Um, I, she's absolutely picking up some younger voters. She's picking up some women. She's picking up some broader based, uh, more diverse audiences. However, those people are generally not the folks who are voting in this caucus anyway. So I don't think that that necessarily was the best you, strategy. You just said Chris and Julia nodding their heads. Yes. Whenever that happens, I feel really really smart. So there you go. Good on you, Amisha. Coming up, uh, we continue to keep our eye on the halls of Congress as Republicans could potentially take the next step against President Biden, a vote to authorize an impeachment inquiry. That is expected at some point here. I don't know, the next half hour, give or take or so. And did you know that they are also voting on what kind of milk your kids could be allowed to drink in school. I think, not entirely sure, but I think that was the final vote there. So what is this all about? Pretty consequential day here uh, on lots of different issues. The Hill on News Nation returns. Hill on News Nation. So you are looking live right now at the floor of the House of Representatives. There you go. We're any minute now. They will be voting on the impeachment investigation, basically whether or not to formally authorize an impeachment inquiry into the sitting president of the United States, President Biden. Republicans say this will give them more authority going forward. Democrats essentially say, what are we doing here? This is a waste of time. But they've also been voting in the House, and it just finished up. They've been voting on milk. You heard that right. The Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act. Now, the bill would reverse an Obama-era rule that removed whole milk from school lunches. Here was part of the debate. Whole milk is, has been demonized as unhealthy, but it is full of calcium, potassium, vitamin D, and protein that growing kids need. At a time when one in five school-aged children already has adverse cholesterol levels, we should not be making it easier to serve unhealthier meals in schools. This bill blatantly ignores the science. All right, so this just passed uh, by a lot, uh, like 330 to 99, I think. So in public schools, 2% milk, whole milk, back on the menu. There's just so much conflicting information about whole milk, skim milk, almond milk, oat milk, whatever. It's just, it's too much. And I, you know, it's hard to know what's, What's correct? We do know, and May and I were talking about this during the break, the dairy lobby is so <laughs> big. Talk to me about so the dairy big. lobby here in Washington. The, the, the dairy lobby here in Washington and in many agricultural parts of the country, a very powerful mm. lobby. You saw a congresswoman from Minnesota yes. uh, da- yes. down in front. Uh, America's Dairyland, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Absolutely. Yeah, so this- the, the problem was that 45 million gallons of milk are wasted every year on school lunch because they force you to take the milk at school lunch. And the story is, oh, the kids will only drink whole milk. So they throw away their milk. So they're trying to pitch this off as a a less waste. Okay, well, if you don't want less waste, then just don't make the kids take the milk. But the dairy lobby won't allow that. So this is not about health. This is about the dairy. It's lobby. unfortunate, though, and I do think that there's. This was a, this, but, but is, before before we get into it. This was like a, a Michelle Obama thing, right? You remember the first lady was trying to push healthier meals for schools and, and kids, and and now that's overturned. It was also an American Medical Association thing because they're looking at um, cholesterol and the high levels of cholesterol that are present specifically in young people that can lead to obesity, that can lead to several different types of cancers, that can also lead to early death, but moreover, um, heart attacks and other issues related to that. Um, milk in and of itself, but specifically those that have higher levels of saturated fat. We're talking about whole milk. We're talking about uh, 2% milk. These are 
these are the types of byproducts that can lead to some significant health issues. And advanced cholesterol is something that is kind of a silent killer. Unless you go to the doctor and ask for a body of, you know, blood test that includes that, you may not know that you have it. So you have people who are literally, you know, driving one day, all of a sudden have a heart attack at very young ages because they've had cholesterol issues for a long time. Uh, by the way, Chris will remember this because we talked about it. It's not just milk and school lunches. Washington Post headline. Can we show it real quick? How Lunchables ended up on school lunch trays. It's um, it's the whole, like, what ki- what our kids are getting. Now they're Lunchables in school. They're whole milk, uh, 2% milk. Times are changing, Chris. Well, and uh, bad, you know, bad school districts. I'm sorry, school districts. Uh, but <laughs> uh, bad school districts will find ways around the rules. And you said federal mandates, and they'll find ways around it. But the point of that vote being held now, mm-hmm. the reason you should care about this, whether or not you care about uh, you can uh, skim 2% whole buttermilk, shoot the lights out. Uh, Julia, don't bring up soy and almond milk. <laughs> uh, that's not permitted. But um, they're having this vote because it's a bed check vote. Hmm. So you schedule a vote that you know people are going to have to come in and so. vote for before you do something like impeachment. So you get everybody down to the floor. 429, 330 to 99, so you know that there were 429. So you now you set your the bead. Okay, that's the number. Right. Now you're ready to go. All right, speaking of numbers, he is now the highest paid athlete in this country. Shohei Otani officially signed a record $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers, 10-year deal. But the two-time most valuable player is going to have to wait a bit for his big payout. The, de- uh, the deal defers $680 million bucks, meaning he will be receiving paychecks until 2043. Why? Why would Shohei Otani do this? One potential reason is the tax code. Because the way the laws work, he could then move from California, oh, let's just say, panel, to Florida. You're after, so Florida. You're tenure, so okay, Florida. Texas, whatever. <laughs> he can go from a, I mean, California's about like 13%, something like that. He can go to Florida. He can go to Texas. He can go to some, I mean, he can move here to Maryland or D.C. where it's 8% and save a ton of money by deferring this. And I wonder if it just goes to show that this is sort of like a, a tax the rich cheat code or that it shows sort of the, the problem that some of these blue state states have a red state, blue state issue on taxes. You're looking at me suspicious. Yeah, I don't know if he's thinking about what's going to happen in 10 years. Oh, that's a ton of money. It's like close to $100 million if he... It's so much money, you don't have to think about $100 million. (laughs) Right, that's not the... My guess, and and this is just me, he's making $50 million. Everybody's making $50 million a year in endorsement. Yeah. By deferring this money with the Dodgers, and we should be clear here, Boo, boo, Dodgers. <laughs> uh, we should be, we should be clear. But by deferring this money, they have money left over so that he can be on a good team. Yeah, and they have payroll space that they can be on a good team, and they can defer this balloon payment till later on. You just want to get him to Florida. You're just no, no, trying no. to get everybody. It's, it's to kind Florida. of symptomatic of like what we've seen with tax policy, right? Like the rich people going to Florida. No, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying he's going to do that in ten years, but this opened up the option for him to do it. And you got to wonder if this sort of highlights tax policy in this country. I, I think Star- Starwell is right here. Um, this was a decision made to advance to hopefully a much better team <laughs> in the future. I don't. I don't think that this has anything to do with a elongated thought of tax policy. Sure, when people make money, they think about living in places where a lot of that money won't go to taxes. Uh, that's whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, but I feel as though um, specifically looking at the huge payout that he was eligible for, he is making a 
decision based on where can I shine, what teams are shining, and giving himself the most opportunity to do that. Missouri, Missouri has super low state income tax yeah, rate, yeah, so he should have gone with the Cardinals. <laughs> Just it, it should, it should have Hunter Biden should have lived in Florida. Oh, gosh. <laughs> By the way, the, the Wall Street Journal has an interesting take on this. They, they basically credit Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, because of the way interest rate policy is right now, the Dodgers can set aside a whole chunk of money, something like $450 million, to basically make up that $650 million by putting it in a 10-year bond, essentially. Uh, we've, I've asked on this show, is Jay Powell the most important person for the re-election of the president because of the economy? You saw what the stock market did Heck today. Yeah. You saw what happened with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't know. Just asking the question. <laughs> Live look at Capitol Hill. Uh, speaking of something we don't know, what's coming up right now, this is a proceed, This is sort of the, the, the time before the vote. Gavel, there we go. How about that for timing? As Chris just mentioned, there's a bed, the bed check vote just happened. So we're expecting most of Congress in to vote on whether or not to move forward with the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, basically giving Republicans more legal power. When the vote happens, we'll take you to it live. And be sure to check out our weekly, weekly newsletter, Decision Desk 24, that guy right there's Campaign View. You can subscribe with the QR code on your screen. Get a slice of our show in your inbox. And hello to everyone on Sirius XM Channel 124. The Hill is coming right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Here it is, live look on your screen right now. As you can see, the House of Representatives at this moment is voting uh, on the measure to formally authorize an impeachment inquiry into the sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden. What does that mean? There, you, you might say, well, there's been an impeachment inquiry going on so far. You're right, there has. But by doing this, uh, Republicans say now they have better legal authority for subpoena power, to ask for documents that they want. And, and as we've seen... Um, this has passed or will pass. Uh, live look, you can see it's at 221 to 212. It'll be 213. And thus, Chris, May, Julia, and Amisha, this has now moved forward for Republicans. This has seriously upped the ante for the sitting president of the United States, Chris. Uh, it, it, it has and it hasn't. Um, this is an intermediate step for Republicans, right? Uh, they're, they're, they're fishing around. They're looking to see if they can get something. And by the way, those 221 Republican uh, votes that you see there for, for this, this is them paying off to their uh, uh, primary voters at home to say, we said we would be mean to Joe Biden. We are going after Joe Biden. They were mean to Donald Trump. We have, we're being mean to Joe Biden. We're being, you know, we heard from the focus group about you gotta be tough, you gotta be hard. So this is, so some of this is performative too. And. Well, my question about that is, you know, there's obviously the Republicans who have to appeal to their hardcore primary base. But if you're a Mike Lawler and Anthony D'Esposito, I'm picking on New York right now, but there's many across moderate, the country. Repu moderate, moderate Republicans who just got their districts yeah. changed. Yes, yes, who just got their districts changed. I mean, what do you do in that case? I mean, this, well, this I is about public the, corruption, right? This isn't. This is not 
to pay off the MAGA base. Oh, this when is there's politics. Tit for tat. There, there, right? is, there is politics, but there should be tit for tat, honestly, because if only Republican presidents get impeached, if only Donald Trump does, and Republicans just sit Those there and say... Those parties have had one president well, impeached. Well, yeah, other parties have had impeachment before. We all remember Bill Yes, but, but Obama, like... Obama was, you know, the star child, and and I think he didn't have high crimes and, and misdemeanors in the versus, same way. We haven't seen them versus with, with Donald Biden. Trump. There was no crime alleged. There was no crime. It was just abuse of power. You are being impeached for an abuse of power, and I think that you can't just sit there and say, you know what, we're going to let this be a one-party thing. They are digging to find something. They have said that there is smoke. They have never found fire. And they've been essentially investigating President Biden since he got elected and have yet to find anything. If there was a smoking gun, we would have seen it by now. On top of that, trying to link anything that Hunter Biden may have done to the president has been quite faulty up till now. And I don't think that they're going to find anything beyond this. What today has proven is that Republicans will not stop because they feel like, at least for their voters, the non-moderate Republicans who don't have to worry about, you know, moderates in their district, they feel as though this is going to help them at the polls. And that is the sole reason why they're doing this. This is retribution in as much as Donald Trump's re-election campaign is retribution. So you, you mentioned Hunter Biden. Did something happen today? Uh, because earlier this morning, Hunter Biden said he wasn't going to go behind closed doors uh, and serve a uh, subpoena from House Republicans. And then he spoke before the cameras and said this. Let me state as clearly as I can My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. This is like Netflix type stuff, Chris. Certainly not as an artist. (laughs) Certainly not as an artist. On the day that that the House votes to move forward on impeachment on the president, his son goes forward and, and does that. You know, just a word about what impeachment's for. Um, we have we have we have abused and misused uh, impeachment in the past thirty years. It's getting to be a meaningless thing. That's a very dangerous thing when it's a partisan hacky thing to do. Well, you did it, so we're doing it. So we're doing it. So you're doing it. It loses the power. It's and it's it's bad news because we need a Congress that can be Congress and have a real check on the executive branch. All right. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Hill right after the break on a day with a lot of movement and a lot of news. Stay with us. Tonight on News Nation, they're preparing for disaster deep below the earth. I modeled for the middle class family to afford this. Brian Enton explores this underground community and why more Americans are moving in. On Balance, tonight on News Nation. 